Well, it's been seven days. That must mean it's time for a new episode of This Week in Film. I'm Nick Panotto, your host, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. What's up, Matt? Not much. Hi, everybody. Hi. Nick. How's it going, man? It's going pretty well. How are you doing, Nick? I'm doing all right. Um, I saw a movie this week that, that you recommended again, and uh, oh. I'm excited to talk about it. Wait, is, is this actually a film I actually recommended? Like I said, you should see this? Yeah, we watched The Ritual. Oh, Awesome. You finally watched the movie I said you should watch. Boy, I hope you liked it. I did. I really enjoyed it a lot. Excellent. Let's uh let's talk about it some more. Uh <laughs> Um so if you don't know the ritual is a movie. Well, you know what? What did you watch? Because I'd like I'd like to get into spoilers of mine and if there's people who haven't seen the ritual, they should. And I don't want to spoil anything for them. Okay, um, I watched, well, I saw The Ritual a couple weeks ago, um, and in more recent times, specifically in the last week, I watched a movie called The Reef. The Reef. Uh, yeah, it's a shark movie. Um, and I guess in a similar vein, not too long ago, I also watched a movie called The Jungle with Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, okay. And and I mention them both now, even though that's been a while, because they they sort of have some stuff in common. The reef and the jungle. Yeah. Okay. You know, but they have stuff in common because the title is some form of nature. <laughs> it starts so, with the. Some and there's a noun. That's it. Um. But should <laughs> we have any extra time at the end? I also watched a movie called a movie called. Before I Wake, which is a Netflix movie. It's a horror movie. Okay. Um, so anyway, what would you like to hear about? Um, let's go with uh, The Jungle, the Daniel Radcliffe, The Jungle. Okay. So so this will be kind of a brief one since it has been a little while since I've seen it. Um, but the, the movie The Jungle uh, is a movie about uh, three friends and... A guy they sort of pick up as their guide in, um, well, you know, now I'm, I'm forgetting what country it is. It's in South America. Uh-huh. Um, and so uh, the the person, this is all based on a true story. So I guess it's not just the character that Daniel Radcliffe plays, but like the guy. Okay. Um, he is traveling with one friend uh, who's a little bit, I guess made to look like he's a little bit on the uptight side, a little bit more, uh, you know, type A personality. You said guy. This, this is Daniel Radcliffe's friend? Yeah. And the two of them are, and, and Daniel Radcliffe's just kind of a, he, he uh, you know, young adult, kind of, I don't know, plucky, maybe is the word. Okay. Uh, and he's, you know, he's excited to, to travel, goes with his friend, and then they run across one of that guy's friends in this country and he decides to join them. And this guy is a little bit more, you know, it's not quite too extreme, but let's say he's the jock of the group. Okay. Um, and he's, he's a little more worldly. Like he's had a lot more, you get the sense that he's had a little bit more practice with like survivalist kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, so 
the the three of them are like, hey, let's let's stay in this country. Let's stay a little bit longer. Let's go on a hike if we can find someone for a couple days. And they find this guy. He's like, oh yeah, I can show you through the jungle. And once they go out, the the one the the guy who's the guide, you got you start to see that he's like not exactly this great friendly guide personality. I mean, it doesn't go like full horror movie. It's it doesn't turn into like he's Jason or anything like that. Okay. Um, but but he's got some sort of weird issues. He's kind of confrontational. He and the jock aren't getting along, and the jock and the kind of nerdy guy are getting into a lot of like, you know, there's like a lot of tension between the two of them because the the tougher guy just kind of wants to plow ahead, and and the kind of nerdy guy he ends up injuring himself, and he's dragging things down a bit. Um, and having seen an episode of the show, I shouldn't be alive. That was about these people. Um, I, which is a you know survival show where people survive crazy things. Sure. Um, I, I, I was recalling that episode as I was watching the movie and everything was pretty on point with what the guy had, you know, explained there. Uh, the, the Daniel Radcliffe guy had explained there. So I'm like, wow, this is pretty on point with all these events. Um, so it's pretty grounded. Oh, so this, this is like a famous story. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know if it's something that most people know, but it's, um, this one guy in particular has kind of made a livelihood in a way out of explaining all this stuff that happened. Um, and so, so from there, um, the, some of them sort of get separated in some different ways, and you kind of follow the Daniel Radcliffe guy. And it's the movie itself is, I think, very well done with tone. I think Daniel Radcliffe does a really good job. Um, it's not something you want to watch if you're looking for a light and fluffy movie. <laughs> it's pretty... It's pretty heavy, you know, like if you recall the movie Curve that you were talking about last week where the girl's trapped in the car. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of the, eh, this is the the easy version of needing to survive. <laughs> this, this one's the hard version. Okay. Uh, but but I, I would solidly recommend that. Okay, great. It's called The Jungle. It is called The Jungle. All right. Um, well, and then tell me about the other movie you watched. You watched The Reef. Let's let's hear about that, too. Yeah, so in a similar vein, now, I don't think The Reef is actually based on a true story, um, but it reminds me also of other episodes I've seen of that show, I Shouldn't Be Alive. And by the way, Nick, yes. listeners, whoever, uh, the show I Shouldn't Be Alive, check it out. It's really good. Um, so... This movie, though, it follows around four people, and they have kind of a guide, too, like the, the boat guide, uh, and they're going to go swimming around, and um, when I started the movie... I guess this movie takes place like on an island or something? Well, it's around a reef, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's, it's mostly like straight up in the water, Okay, um, because they're on a boat, and then the boat capsizes. And then they're trying to get to an island, actually, and there's a shark. Uh-oh. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, now now what's interesting about this is I was looking for something to watch last night. Um, I got home a little too late to be able to get from here to the movie theater and see Solo. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> uh, well, I thought about doing it. I was like, okay, I could tolerate that movie tonight. And then I realized it was already like 10, 15, and the last show was at 10. But anyway, I was watching some reviews of stuff, and, and someone mentioned kind of in passing that The Reef was a really good movie. So I turned it on, and uh, a few minutes in, I went, man, this is kind of familiar. And then a few minutes after that, I was like, I think I may have seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> so I can tell you, it's not exactly a memorable movie. Um, but anyhow, so this guy, his friend, the friend's girlfriend, and the friend's sister are all going boating. Mm-hmm. And somehow between the main guy and this guy's sister, there's some sort of relationship that it seems like her brother does not know about at all. Like there's this weird kind of, as they get introduced to each other, there's this weird tension and then it's all over the place. Like they hate each other one minute. They're really nice to each other the next minute. And it doesn't just seem like, it seems like bad writing. Like mm-hmm. It's just so erratic. Um, but I guess it's sort of effective in saying, Hey, there's some tension here. Um, but I kind of wondering, like, do we need that <laughs> in these sorts of movies? I'm like, why can't we just have a movie? Because I'm pretty sure that if I could see into the experience of a bunch of strangers going through a crazy survival experience, it would be compelling. Right. But instead of just writing that, every movie's got to, like, every survival movie's got to have, like, an ex-boyfriend or an ex-girlfriend yeah. or something like that. The, the, the built-in conflict of being trapped in, at sea isn't enough. You need to have like interpersonal dilemmas. That's, right. I'd like, to, I'd like to get the writer of uh, what's that? What's that movie you recommended about? Uh, like uh, where Robert Redford's on a boat? Oh, um, all is lost. Yeah, we need to get that guy, <laughs> the guy that wrote that book or that movie. Yeah, and. Get him on the set of every other, <laughs> or get him in the writer's yeah. of every other survival movie. Well, that's the problem that I have with shows like The Walking Dead, at least the first two seasons of it, where each each character represents a different stereotype, and they have to live up to it uh, entirely. Well, and then, and then the show's more about their interactions than it is about dealing with zombies. Yeah. Like, I don't care about the interpersonal problems of these people. I, I care about them trying to survive in the, in the world. It's like if you were going to make a movie about people stuck in an elevator, there'd be a racist, a black person, a Japanese person, and then a, an average person who, who likes everybody. And instead of them trying to sur- learn how to survive in the elevator, it'd be about the racist person trying to overcome his, his inner demons in order to get along with the people he works with <laughs> on the elevator. And there'd be an ex-boyfriend and an ex-girlfriend. <laughs> they would right. have to throw that in. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, exactly. And I, and I mean, it's not like I totally mind that all the time. It just seems like people don't have enough faith in being able to write something like all is lost. To, to let the ser- let the scenario play out as dramatically mm-hmm. as it already would, but I guess that's um, that's that's like a major a major issue because like not a lot of people saw All Is Lost, which is a shame because it's it's excellent. Um, 
or um, I was thinking about this yesterday, actually, on my way home from from work was uh, uh, the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks. Um, yeah, it's just him trying to survive on the island, and people complain that there's no talking during the movie. That was like a, a major complaint that people have about it is that he doesn't talk to anybody for a while, and then he starts talking to Wilson. <laughs> And I'm like, well, who's he supposed to talk to? There's no one there, you know. Like, it's as if yeah. it's it's as if in order to have a movie, there has to be that built-in dilemma between people in order for the masses to really enjoy it. Well, that must be why Castaway also includes about an hour of stuff I don't want to see. <laughs> Him interacting with other people. Um, they they just threw that in so everyone could go, oh, good, there's dialogue. Yeah. Um, but but so with the, with the reef, um, there are some things in it that like it's kind of strange. Like the, kind of like the uh, the weird tension. There are a couple other things that kind of take you out of it. Like there's really crappy music. Um, the the one of the guys, the friend who has a sister, looks kind of like a weird version of a young Bill Murray. Okay. And that took me out of it a lot. I kept going, like, I just can't get over the fact that this guy looks like a distorted Bill Murray. Um, the ex-girlfriend's pretty cute, but for some reason it looks like she's wearing dentures. <laughs> <laughs> that distracted me a lot. And then I found myself thinking a lot, maybe along the lines of the, the the relationship stuff, too. I had enough time to sit there and just be like, oh, I'm going to ponder this for a while. Uh, uh, it must suck to be an actor on a show or a movie or maybe even a scene where there's a lot of water like that must be so uncomfortable yeah and you know, just be sitting there in water all day long yeah always wet yeah and about the water you know the water is not warm most of the time like you gotta sit in cold water yeah i don't even know if one's worse than the other i guess cold probably would be worse. i hate i hate cold water so that would be like my own personal hell yeah Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I, I hope those people get paid more <laughs> for doing that. <laughs> now, all that stuff said, I would actually recommend The Reef. I don't think it's a it's a bad time. If you're looking for a shark movie, it's, it's decent. Um, it's probably better than... It's, it's definitely better than The Shallows. Oh, that's what I was just about to ask, was if, if you'd seen that too. Yes. I haven't seen either and The Shallows was supposed to be okay. I I did not find it to be okay. Okay. Uh it was it was interesting cuz there are some weird things that happen. Like a shark eats a man and then I'm pretty sure the shark sets the body up as like a crime scene cuz there's no other way that <laughs> things end up where they would without some manipulation by the shark. Um, but check it out. You'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's on my list of hopefuls to watch one day. That's, that's a bad one. You and Joe could have a, a good time ripping that one apart. Okay. Um, but, but I would recommend this one. It's, it's, it's better than the shallows. It's probably, it, I just saw 47 meters down. Oh yeah. How was that? Back. It was, it was pretty flat, pretty like not, uh, there's there aren't really many highs or lows, uh, okay. but actually I would say it wasn't it wasn't nearly as bad as I expected. Let me put it that way, and I think it's still better than the shallows. So mm-hmm. yeah, so maybe see that after the reef if you're on a shark kick. Okay, or just watch Jaws again for the millionth time because you can never go wrong. That way. Jaws is never bad. 
Never. Except in the sequels. In the sequels, it's bad, but, but Jaws, the first one, is, is pretty good. It's awesome, the first one. Jaws 2 is uh, not great, but compared to the other sequels, it's like Oscar-worthy. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Uh, is that all you have to say about the reef? Yep, that wraps up Shark, Shark Corner. Okay. Well, then that brings us to the movie that both of us have seen, so it means we're going to get into spoilers about it, but it's a, a Netflix movie. I think it's a Netflix movie. Um, called, I think so, too. Called, oh, yeah, no, it is. Called The Ritual. Uh, the movie poster that I found for it says, In Cinemas, at a certain date or whatever, so that kind of threw me off a little bit, but huh. maybe they show Netflix movies in theaters in, in, the, in Europe. Or maybe uh, maybe more independent movies get sort of purchased by Netflix in some way. That's a good point, too. Um, so anyway, um, briefly, without spoiling it, um, the ritual is about uh, these five guys are planning uh, a, like a guy's vacation. They're like 35-year-old guys. They're planning a guy's vacation. And something terrible happens to one of their friends. Um which sets up the, well, geez, I'm already all over the place. Um, let me start over. <laughs> uh, the ritual is about four people who are on a hiking trip in, in Norway or Sweden, one of those, one of those places. And um, they're there to pay, pay their respects to like one of their friends who was brutally murdered in, in front of them. And, uh, one of them gets hurt, so they have to try to take a shortcut through the woods. And uh, that's all I'm going to say before I get into spoilers. So if you wanted to check it out, uh, I would recommend watching it. But, uh, and I second that. Yeah. I definitely check it out. Yeah. So it starts off It starts off as about a movie about uh, like more of a, I want to say a coming-of-age story, but the guys are all of age already. Um, <laughs> and then it turns into a horror movie. So go ahead and... Uh, Go ahead and check out the ritual. Now we're going to get into spoilers. Matt, what have you to say of the ritual? Um, well, you know, the, the, like you mentioned, the, the friend gets murdered in front of the one guy the, the who I guess is the main character for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, and that was rough. It was rough. That was yeah. that was brutal to watch. Because yeah, I, uh, I totally felt myself being in the same place with that guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he sort of, I mean, I guess you could say cowers while his friend's getting killed. Yeah. But it's it's a, it's a well-acted moment. Yeah. Um, you know, you can kind of, you, you can sit back and think about it a bit. And I think it makes you think about it. I think it's a good enough scene that you sit and yeah. go like, well, what would I do there? Right. And on one hand, you go like, well, maybe adrenaline would, would kick in and I would jump in and do something. Right. Or but the you, way it's acted out, you go like, oh, or, I could see myself doing that or too. Or I could just, <laughs> just stand to the side and, and, and wait. Because there's no way he expects his friend to get cracked, his, his skull cracked open. Like or while yeah, like cut open with a machete. Um, yeah, so, so I thought that was like, you know, a pretty pretty good tone to set you know like yeah. this is this isn't gonna like hold back right uh but and, and if you think about where the movie ends up with all this weird mystical stuff going on um it, it doesn't at all hint of that 
Right. And and being have you know having seen the movie, I'm like, man, in that moment, I would not realize that that's the shift this movie's going to take. Yeah. But it works. It's it's not like you you don't walk away going like, man, that was like two completely different movies that they didn't know how to connect. It actually. Yeah. flows together pretty it's, well. It's two two movies that they did know what to do with. Yeah. It, it seems like they didn't know how, they they didn't know what to do with their their drama movie and they didn't know how to they didn't know how to end their drama movie but they didn't know how to start their horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they just combined the two. <laughs> maybe maybe they were uh they were in the pitch room. Yeah. I'm like, "Well, okay, so we got this movie about a guy whose friend gets murdered." And the people at the desk are like, yeah, well, the stuff after that doesn't sound very exciting. <laughs> like, well, okay, well, if you don't want that one, I got this movie about these guys who get killed by this weird tree deer monster. Right. <laughs> and, then, and then they were like, huh. You know, if you, if we can pay you once for both of these films. Yeah. <laughs> I got an idea but, about hillbillies. Ah, it's been done. No, Nordic hillbillies. <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> you know, this is a little bit of a tangent, but have you seen the movie Troll Hunter yet? No, I haven't. No, I forgot yeah, you mentioned put that, that at the very top of your list. Troll Hunter. Okay. Yeah. If you liked this, you will like that. Okay. Is it bad or is it good? It's amazingly good. Okay. It's, it's, it's surprisingly good. All right. I'll have to check that out. You do. Um, so anyway, back to the ritual. The ritual. Um, so anyway, the, the, after the friend is murdered, they, they go on this trip to Norway, uh, to do like this, like three or four day hike. And, uh, while they're on the walk, one of the four guys like twists his knee and they have to take a shortcut through the woods. Big mistake. (laughs) And, and it's funny because the, the one guy mentions if, if talks about the shortcut, he says, uh, the one guy with the map says we can cut through the woods uh, using the compass and the map. We'll, we'll be able to figure out where we're going. And the guy and the other guy goes, if there was an easier way to get through the hike, it would just be called the way. I thought pretty that was good point, I, thought right? was a, I thought it was a clever line. I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. Right <laughs> that there. is true. Yeah. And um, so they, against better judgment, decide to go through the woods and. While they're walking through the woods, strange things start happening to them. Uh, and well, they run across. Was it a a bear? I think it was an was elk like strung up in a tree. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. They come so, across this this elk that's been like ritually sacrificed in the, in this tree. It's like up in the air, and its guts are dropped below it, and it's all splayed out. It's pretty graphic and awesome. <laughs> yeah, awesome indeed. Um, and and hitting you again with sort of this like tone. It's like this movie's not gonna hold back. Uh, what did you think of the the, the guys? Because like I, I found the one with the leg issue. I mean, I, I probably experienced him the way you're supposed to. That he's really annoying. Yeah, I found that he was he was annoying. But like um, uh, like we were talking about before, how how people put like different people with different personalities together, and then they they all they are is the personality. I think in this movie, they're they're four in, they're four individuals, um, each with their own characters, but they aren't they aren't stereotype guys. Like they they aren't like the 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 bald guy or the the big guy with the glasses isn't like a nerd. Um, 
all of the character development stuff comes naturally. It's not like the character character development that, that we experience isn't based on what they look like or who they are. Like the, the fat guy with the glasses is, um, uh, he, he holds a grudge against the main guy because of, of what happened to their friend in the store, but he doesn't like say it right away. Like it comes out later in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that thread comes back a lot. Cause half of the, the way, you know, like the way the monster is messing with them is like, right. Or I guess it's like the monster and these people. I'm not quite sure the collective energy of this weird evil type thing is is kind of getting in their head. It's not all just like oh, it's going to attack you. It's, yeah, they're, they're actually the first night. I kind of forgot about it. The first night, uh, they they're staying in a cabin. Yeah, they break into that house in the middle of the the woods. Yeah, and. And so the the main character wakes up with like injuries to his chest. The one guy is like peed on himself. Yeah. One of the dudes kind of stood near this like wicker man deer thing. And yeah, what the hell is up with that? That's just a, <laughs> that's just a scary image. He's all naked and praying in front of it. Well, and that's one thing this movie's got. It's got really good imagery. Yeah, that is true. Like, and and the movie doesn't take time to try to explain it either. It's just, yeah, it doesn't do too much of the like, and now I'm going to sit down and tell you my evil plot. Right, exactly. It's just kind of like these guys get these guys get wrapped up in something that's been going on for hundreds of years, and they've, they've got no choice but to go through it. Yeah, it keeps it in their perspective. There's, yeah. not, there's not a moment where you're like with the monster and the people going like, oh, well, we know everything that's going on here. Yeah. Um, at the, at the, at the end in the, in like the third act or, or whatever, um, the, uh, at some point while they're lost in the woods, by the way, they get lost in the woods. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if that wasn't clear of what was going to happen, but they get lost in the woods, they find this old tent. Um, and, and inside the tent is, uh, the identification of this girl who I guess has been missing for years. And then later in the movie, you come across that girl is with the the Nordic hillbillies, and they don't even they don't even address it. They don't. He doesn't say, "Hey, you're that girl. We found we found your stuff." Like you're just supposed to realize that. Oh, it's this girl that that was trapped from before. Yeah, Which they don't another... point it out because I actually didn't even realize that. I didn't make the connection. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I think Jill pointed it out to me. Um, we were because. She's like, I guess, the newest member of their group. Now, here's something that Jill and I have been trying to figure out. We looked all over the internet for it. Um, at the end of the movie, when the guy goes to the upstairs room with the chanting um, mummies, do you remember that? Where they were kind of like, they were already sort of half dying. They were like dead zombies, but their mouths were moving. Not yeah, zombies, yeah. but um, mummies. What, yeah. what was that all about? What, I have no idea. What the hell was happening there? <laughs> I don't know. And they and they don't they don't explain it. <laughs> right. And That's, and I don't mind. I don't I don't really want them to explain it. I, 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 I need an explanation on what was going on with the mummies. Because one of them's mouth was moving as they were making the chanting noises, and then he just lights them on fire and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that though. It's like 
I, I, I like that um, you're sitting there going, like, what the heck is going on? Uh-huh. And he's like, well, what the heck is going on? And then he's like, fuck it. <laughs> I'm just going to set this place on fire and go. And I'm like, yeah, good approach. <laughs> you know, yeah. just, just burn it down. Oh, and then he goes down the steps, and then the, the crazy old lady's there, and he just punches her in <laughs> the face. Her. Oh, yeah. yeah, punches her. <laughs> That was, that was great. It was. It was great. Um, um, another nice moment is that the guy, uh, like at one point, like they're getting picked off one by one. The four of them together are all getting picked off one by one by the monster. And uh, I thought a real nice moment was like, even though um, they've got all this conflict between them now, they're they're still on the same team of like, we have to get out of this woods together. Um like the guy with the busted leg and the knee guy, he's like, I'm not going to watch all of you die in front of me. And they do. They all die in front of him. Like <laughs> imagine if all of your good friends from college <laughs> over a weekend were like slowly eliminated in front of you one by one. It'd be terrible. It'd be a pretty bad weekend. Yeah. Um, well, and <clears throat> you know, like the arguing between the people, one thing I think this movie aside from the imagery just like does really well uh-huh. is the balance of things like that there's arguing, but it's not like Blair witch where they're just, all they're doing is cursing at each other about a map for like 40 minutes. Right. Like, just die already. Yeah. Um, and, and when it comes to the creature, like it doesn't, it, it, it your way of finding out what this thing looks like mm-hmm. is done at a perfect pace. You kind of don't see it at all. You see what it's done. Yeah. Then you you hear it and you see friends like disappear or f- get flung through the air. Right. And then you see bits of it and you're like, oh man, that's like seeing the the Tyrannosaurus's eye in Jurassic Park. Right. And then nice. T-shirt. And then when you do finally see it, <laughs> oh, thank you. Matt uh, Matt is wearing a Jurassic Park T-shirt. I have like three of the same shirt. Um, and then when you do finally see it. It's, it lives up to what you've been seeing bits of. You know, sometimes when you, there's finally the reveal and you're like, oh, now this thing's not scary anymore. Yeah. Here you, you finally see it and you're like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, right. Yeah. The monster was so absurd looking that, that it, it, I don't want to say absurd because it was, a, it was effectively scary as a monster. Um, but it is absurd. You're, you're right with that too. It's got like eight different limbs. It's got like weird, scary eyes. It's got human hands. Yeah, it's like a giant elk with a human growing out of it with an elk's head back on top. Yeah, <laughs> like a, a that's a pretty good description. Yeah. Um, uh, and then the fact that the monster's not omnipotent too, like the guy um, finds that axe and like hits the monster with the axe and the monster reacts to it and everything. I thought that was that was pretty good too. Like the 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 monster, the the hillbill, hillbillies call the monster their god, um, and I guess it um, it goes back to Nordic Nordic stuff, which means that this movie exists in the Marvel universe because Thor Thor could probably <laughs> show up to save them. Uh, we should add that the director is David David Bruckner, who um, directed that movie VHS from a couple years ago. Uh, that I, I never saw. It's all right. Um, he also did The Signal, which I feel like I saw, but I don't remember it. I'm not familiar with that one. And, and well, uh, Now, go ahead. 
what what's your what are your feelings on um so so throughout the the movie this monster or whatever is is getting in their heads and sort of giving different members of the group kind of flashbacks to things or or kind of bring stuff to their mind that is sort of their personal weakness and for the main character it's you know the murder of his friend and like yeah. he's, what he's dealing with there yeah H- how did that work for you did that I thought that was very effective because um because you could, you you weren't able to know if what was real and what wasn't real um but you but you were confused along with the characters uh for instance the one character he keeps dreaming that he's inside that convenience store uh, and he keeps seeing the body of his of his friend on the ground and the, at one at one point the body of the friend lifts its head up and calls him a coward and so like you know that throughout the movie at some point this guy's courage is going to be tested um you know like just from a character development point of view he's going to have to show that he isn't a coward or if he is and uh when he's tied up at the end when they're taking the the guy with the busted knee to this to the sacrifice point um like he shows him doing everything he can to try to save his friend but he still is unable even if he did everything he could he still wouldn't have been able to save his friend which is i think analogous to uh what would happen if he was in the convenience store and he tried to help his friend? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, the overlap is a lot of, you know, he's, he's working through. Yeah. Like what, you know, what, what remains within him, the the conflict. Like sometimes, sometimes no matter what, what you do, you still can't save the day. Like no matter what you do, you're still going to fail. Um, cause nothing was going to stop that monster from getting the guy with the bad knee. Right. Um, yeah, and, and when it comes to that sort of idea, this is another one of these things that I think this movie did well. It's, it's kind of blending in a, something different without taking you out of the rest of the movie. So, like, when, when he's having those flashbacks to the convenience store, there was a moment each time where I was like, oh, I don't want to see the convenience store. We're in the woods. Right. Um, but, but you know, his experience that he has, I'm like, okay, but this works. You know, this is it, – it still fits with – yeah the vibe that's here of it being a real creature and real people doing things, but also being really sort of paranormal and mystical and in his head. And I also like that the other, the other characters all had their own hallucinations, but we only ever see uh, the main characters hallucinations. We see a little bit with the, the chubby dude. Oh yeah, you're right. Cause his wife, the monster like gets in his head. Yeah, uh, that's what I assume was happening. Is the monster was getting in his head and uh, and making him see what he wanted to see, or it kind of seemed like the monster was feeding off of that. You know, and I think that that actually not only does it work better in this movie than things like it do in other movies. I think here it also makes it a little bit more effective that when the final or the main character stands up to the monster, that. You know, if it were a different movie and they were like, all you need to do is not be afraid of it, it would be dumb. Right. But here it's been in their head. So since it's been a bit of an internal struggle, right. when he stands up to the monster and the monster sort of disempowered by that a bit, uh, it, it makes more sense. Because it's like they have been fighting some of this battle kind of internally within the guy. Right. Yeah. No, you're, you're exactly right. And then the, the other thing is that... Um, uh, or, or another thing I want to mention is that 
they stay in that like that creepy ass cabin that first night they're in the woods um i don't think that's what sets everything off i think the minute they went into the woods they were all goners yeah it wasn't it wasn't that they stayed in the house and disrespect because they disrespected the house and i was like oh maybe this is what sets the monster off because once they leave the house and the next day and they start walking around i thought for sure that when they came around that last corner they were going to be back at the same house and that was the movie we were going to get is that they're like trapped in this one part of the woods yeah. and it's and it's not like the monster is the entire woods which is why when he the guy at spoilers again for the guy <laughs> at the very end when the guy gets out of the woods the monster lets him go and you you think that's that's like just that's the end of that yeah. realm yeah like he's out of that territory so he's, exactly he's yeah safe i think you're probably right and i think that the even though the house is where things really get funky i think it's kind of what you're saying fits with what i remember in terms of the atmosphere yeah where you're like yeah something doesn't feel right here anymore. No, well, when the guy goes upstairs, I love it when they go upstairs and they see that nasty thing, that weird ass wicker, wicker, wicker moose or whatever you want to call it. Um, and they're, and they're, and they all react the way they all react the way you're supposed to, which is what the hell is that thing? Right. And then, and then they, and then they make jokes where they're like, you can go upstairs and sleep with the thing, you know, like (laughs) you can go up there and they're like, I am not going up there again. You know, like the movie, the movie had like a realistic kind of edge where, where people would, people would act, people acted the way you would, you would expect yourself to act in that kind of situation. With one exception. Which is. I would not be in that house. <laughs> right, yeah. You got a perfectly, like, you got a perfectly good tent. Get out of the damn house. I, I'm pretty sure that once I saw that house in the woods. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is me assuming that I knew I was in a horror movie too. I don't know, <laughs> but, but I wouldn't sleep. I don't think I'd. I don't think I'd even be able to sleep. Um. So in a in a new tradition of of what we've been doing, um, um, with the show, I went to the trivia page on the IMDb for this movie, and I figured we could go over a few of the trivial things. I'm curious to hear anything right. you got. So the first one is uh, the original tagline for the movie is called "They Should Have Gone to Vegas," which, <laughs> which is true, but yeah. probably not a fitting tagline. That, yeah. that makes the movie sound a little cheesier than it yeah. is. Um, um, the sign the hikers see on the trees near the cabin is the last rune of the Futhark. It's an ancient Germanic symbol called Odal. And the O means property. So I guess that's what they see on the trees. It's, it means property. Oh, and it's so based on a book. Right, you know. It's based on a book. Yeah. So maybe there. I might be willing to read that. I think I might be willing to read that too, just to figure out what was going on with the mummies. They've got to explain the mummies in the book. Well, maybe, maybe, you know, with you, with, uh, with, uh, the, Something you said kind of reminded me that, like, uh, the people who are there, like the girl who talks to him, she says, if you join us, then you will live forever. Right. So maybe that's not literal forever, maybe, or, or maybe that's, they could be in mummy state for the rest of time. Right. Yeah. But maybe that's, that's like, what's going on is the upstairs is where their souls are trapped or something. Yeah. Or like once they've, 
age to a certain point, they just go up there and, and power the rituals with all their chanting and stuff. Uh, the next little bit of trivia um, that's worth mentioning is the way the monster hangs its victims in the culturist's village mirrors a part of Asatrar mythology. Jesus Christ. Um, I, I'm not reading this one. It's annoying. <laughs> um, in the final act of the movie, the cultist can be heard chanting the word blote. This refers to the a ritual practice of offering food and alcoholic beverages and animal sacrifices to the gods whose favor they saw. The practice did not include ritual sacrifice of humans. And 32 out of 33 people found that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was expecting something more along the lines of the main character is Brian Reynolds' cousin. <laughs> um, though not shown in the film, the small witch, which I guess is the old lady, uh, is revealed to have hooves in, instead of feet, which is why her loud footsteps are heard throughout the house, huh. which is kind of huh. interesting. I wonder why they didn't want to show that. Uh, let's see. The writing on the trees is mostly modern Wicca script, but they do not form actual words or warning. So it's just gibberish that's written on the trees, except for the one that says property. And that's that's basically that's basically the trivia for this movie. Um, actors. The guy who played Luke and the guy who played Dom are both in the Alien franchise. One was in Prometheus, and the other one was in Alien vs. Predator. <clears throat> and it's based on a novel, and was produced by Andy Serkis. I didn't even know he was a producer. I didn't either. Do you still hate Andy Serkis? I don't think I ever did. Oh, you did. Oh. Yeah, there was a while where you're like, God, I hate Andy Serkis. And I was like, Oh, you know what? I think you're right. I do think he was obnoxious the way he talks about his involvement in the Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. Um, but no, I'd not, no, I no longer dislike Andy Serkis. I think he's actually pretty great. I, I thought, you know, I can't say I liked him, but I thought he did a, an interesting performance, like one that was that was enough to make me really not like the guy in Black Panther. Yeah. I was like, man, this guy's just so scuzzy. And when did Andy Serkis get so buff? Um, you never saw Age of Ultron, right? No. You should you should watch it. It's not it's not that bad. Um, but he's got <laughs> that's a strong selling point. <laughs> it's not too terrible. Um, uh, Andy Serkis plays the same character in in Age of Ultron. That's where they introduce him. And uh -huh. there's this great moment where Ultron is talking to Andy Serkis's character Claw, and he's like, "And you humans are so fragile!" And he rips his arm off on accident, which is why, <laughs> which is why Andy Serkis has that crazy gun arm. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, I don't you should watch it. You should watch it. It's it's no. it's a it's a fine <laughs> it's fine. That's that's two and a half hours of my life I can't get back. I'm not doing it. Okay. I'll go I'll go see Solo. I'll give in on that one. <laughs> I'd rather you watch Age of Ultron than Solo. I wouldn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> um all right, so we have some we have some time now. I guess we're done talking about the ritual, unless you had anything else to add. 
Well, what'd you think about the acting? Since we were just talking about the actors. Uh, the acting I thought was outstanding. At, at no point did I feel like I was watching um, a movie, if if that makes sense. Like like I never felt like in a horror movie. Like when you're watching a, t- a typical horror movie, you can tell the actors are acting in a horror movie. Whereas in this one, um, really that that moment when their friend is killed really grounds the moment in this dark reality that is difficult to, to get out of. Like there are some, there are uh, like a few lighthearted moments, but for the most part, the movie's really, um, I, I don't want to say dark cause that's too cliche, but the movie is really grounded in that. And the, in the, like you feel, the, what am I trying to say is that the, the main character guy, like you really feel for him cause, cause he knows that his friends think less of him for how he reacted during the thing. But, but, yeah. but, but what what could he have done? He couldn't do anything except maybe get his own self killed, trying to help. Yeah, yeah, and and I think you're right. You know, I think the tone really stays. Um, it does immerse you in that way. And and thinking back, even the moments where I'm like, God, this guy's annoying me, or that guy's getting on my nerves, or like, you know, if they're having an argument and someone just says the same thing like five times, it it doesn't get Blair Witchy where I'm like, man, they couldn't come up with other lines. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's just like, Oh no, you know, these are just the characters being yeah annoying or frustrating or whatever. Kind of like Andy Serkis where I was saying like, I don't like the guy, but it was a really good performance, you yeah. know? And, and this, these performances I think were very effective. There's one moment when, um, when they're doing their little sacrifice for their friend where they, where they each take a shot of like whatever liquor that they brought. And um, and then the one guy turns it over to, uh, uh, like you know, like pour one out for his friends, and it's pouring out of a little flask, and it seems like it's pouring for forever. Forever. And there's there's like a there's like a brief moment where one of the guys looks over at him, and is like, "Is that thing seriously still pouring?" <laughs> but it but it's like it's a real somber moment. But like within that somber moment, there's like this little bit of a lightheartedness where where these these guys are all friends and that even though they're saying goodbye to their one friend it's still a, a little funny moment that they're that they would probably talk about later if they weren't all being murdered yeah yeah all right well i yeah, guess that- i guess that's the ritual um great conversation that was that was a lot of fun yeah i'm glad you watched it yeah and then you're saying troll hunters is what i should watch next troll hunter troll hunter okay yeah i don't remember whether or not it's in english mm-hmm. um i want to say it is but I, I guess that might that might just mean that it's you know you got to read but it doesn't get in the way at all that's fine but it's it's worth watching that's true you can do that it's this it's a skill i picked up along the way so uh are we gonna do do a round of movie versus a, movie? A round of Batman versus movie, Dawn of movie. <laughs> yeah, why not? All right. Uh, what do you got? Tremors. Tremors. Oh, yeah. oh, you know what? There's a movie that I saw, or maybe I just read about it recently, where they talk about Tremors. Well, I think what they like now they're they're doing. Are they rebooting Tremors? I think they are. I think they're making another TV show. Maybe that's Uh, what I saw about it. Tremors. What could we put up against Tremors? Hmm. 
That's another good horror movie. Tremors is oh, excellent. Yeah. Well, and it's a good comedy too. Yeah. Good luck next movie we come up with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, How about wait? I I feel like the the we've mentioned the name of Deep Blue Sea a bunch of times. Have we ever put it up against anything? I don't think so. How about Tremors and Deep Blue Sea? Oh man, that's that's not even close because <laughs> I've only seen Deep Blue Sea like two or three times, and I've seen Tremors at least ten. <laughs> okay, well, if if you got another one, I I'm the free. worst. I'm the worst at trying to come up with stuff. So I'm glad you said Deep Blue Sea. All right, so Tremors versus Deep Blue Sea. We already know who's going to win the battle. Right. But. That's not. If we knew who was going to win, we wouldn't play the game. <laughs> yeah, maybe there will be a surprise upset. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Deep Blue Sea will come away victorious. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So Tremors is um, a monster movie. So is Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> that is true. Uh, so what's what's the basics? Uh, what what are the basics of Tremors? Uh, basics of Tremors are it's a slow podunk town down in the southwest, and um, people start mysteriously dying because these giant worm monsters are attacking them. Yeah, and they're eating them from the ground, and they are finding them by sensing their vibrations. Yeah. Um. Oh, you know what? If if I had seen a quiet place, maybe that would be a good thing to go against. Because uh, it's basically the same idea. Maybe that's what I remember is you is you talking about a quiet place. <laughs> I think you may have compared it to Tremors and in, in the, while we yeah. were watching it. Maybe. Um. Yeah, that would be a good one to go up against. It. Um. Something tells me Tremors would still win, but uh, Tremors. Um, Tremors also has Kevin Bacon. Yeah, and I'm not a huge Kevin Bacon fan, but he's winning me over over the course of decades. Right. <laughs> um, but he's great in Tremors. He's paired with whoever plays the other guy. and they, they Isn't that Fred Ward? Yeah, yeah. And they've got a really good sort of like – you can believe that the two of them have been working together, hanging out for a long time. And I think in whatever new Tremors thing they're doing, they're bringing Kevin Bacon and that guy back. Oh, wow. Well, hmm. Right. No. I hope it's not a TV show then. I hope it's actually a movie because I won't watch a Tremors TV show, but I'm yeah. watch a movie. Uh, so, uh, so what what are the basics about uh, Deep Blue Sea? Uh, you got a bunch of people on some sort of underwater, like it's almost like an underwater space station, except it's not space. A big underwater science lab. What? A big underwater science lab. Something terrible is happening. Right now, Matt is trying to figure out what's wrong with his phone. Yeah, it was doing that static thing. Okay. okay. Nope, still doing it. I don't know what's... He's he's making a smiley face, but also gesticulating, gesticulating wildly. Okay. That, nope, he's having issues. I'm gonna call him back. Let's uh, let's do that, listeners. I'm pressing the button to call Matt. That's the sound of the telephone. Well, the iPad ringing. Hello. Hello. Yes. Hi. This this is much more pleasant without deafening static in my ears. <laughs> 
Uh, you know, I'm doing a FaceTime audio call right now. I, I wonder, I think it, the audio quality is better on the audio call than when we were doing the video call. Oh, well, then we should, uh, I guess, just stick with audio from for now. Well, then I'll miss your smiling face. I know, and I'll miss yours. I don't know. Uh, you know, this just happened the last, what, two times? I think it was the last time we did the video, too. It must, must after a while, some sort of static must build up or whatever. But, but yeah, I just don't know. I don't know why it would happen with the video, and I don't know why it didn't used to happen. Yeah, I don't know. Is Are you on your iPad or your iPhone? I'm on my iPad, but last time I was on the phone, so... Oh, so it did it on both. Yeah, I, I wonder if it's an interaction with the headset. Well, listeners, if you have any advice... <laughs> Just give us give us your tech advice. Yeah, if you have any if you have any suggestions on how we can produce a better show cuz 99% of the time I think it sounds pretty good over the phone. Yeah, good to know that this talk is has all been part of the episode. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um so, so anyway, Tremors. So you were talking tremors about uh what sea. what Deep Blue Sea has or the 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 overview of Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. So you got people trying to make sharks uh, to, to kind of grow their brains, get more brain cells, sort of stem, stem cell type stuff going on, and they accidentally create super smart sharks. Mm-hmm. Um, Samuel Jackson's in it. Uh, <laughs> Thomas Jane's in it. I mean, you know, he doesn't have as much clout as Samuel Jackson. Nick Fury and the Punisher. Oh, yeah. Good uh, good Marvel connections there. Um and uh, Saffron Burris and LL Cool J. <laughs> and the guy who gets his arm bitten off. Oh, what's his name? Uh, I can, I it's remember. on the tip of my tongue. Oh, well. Um, so anyway, so you got these folks kind of stuck underwater, and the sharks are trying to get to them. Um, you think primarily to eat them, but really the sharks are just trying to escape because they want freedom. That's what we all want. Yeah. And then you know, in that light, I'm kind of like, hey, wait a minute. You got these super smart sharks stuck in a cage. Of course they want to get out. Maybe they're the protagonists. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, well, what's, 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 what's Deep Blue Sea got going for it? Um, first of all, that? did you know there's a Deep Blue Sea 2 coming out? It came out, but it went straight to Blu-ray. Oh, it's got a rating of 3.2. Boo. Compared yeah, to the originals, 5.8. But in the theater, there's a movie coming out called The Meg, which is Jason Statham and fighting a megalodon shark. And I believe that's coming out this summer. I feel like we have to see that movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so going up against each other on IMDb ratings, Deep Blue Sea has a rating of... 5.8 and Tremors has a rating of 7.2. Hmm. Quality wise, 5.8 might be a little high, yeah. but enjoyment wise, enjoyment wise. that score. Yeah. Scar. Score, what, score. what kind of a score, if you were rating Deep Blue Sea right now, what kind of rating would you give it? For my own personal enjoyment, mm-hmm. uh, I would give it probably, I'd give that like a 7.5. Really? Because I've watched. I have watched that movie so many times. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't, there's this, uh, the quality score would be way lower, 
you know, I wouldn't recommend it to somebody who wants to see a good movie right. by any means. But if I, if someone said, hey, what's a fun movie to watch and I'm going to have some people over, I'd say watch Deep Blue Sea. You'll have a really good time. Yeah. I saw Deep Blue Sea in theaters on my birthday when it came out. Oh, that's excellent. I think it came out on my birthday the one year. Um, let's see. What else can we compare? Um, Deep Blue Sea has the better theme song. <laughs> um, I guess so, since it has one. Deepest bluest, my head moves like a shark's fin. Uh, no, I think it's his hat. His hat is like a shark's fin. That is even worse. What does that even mean? I don't know. I have no idea. But it's the deepest and the bluest. Well, I'll trust you because I tend to have the wrong wrong words on lyrics anymore. Or ever. Well, um, that said, so, so we've got the, the theme song. Mm-hmm. Does it have good humor? Because we already acknowledged that Tremors has great humor. Deep Blue Sea has one of the funniest moments of all time when Samuel L. Jackson is trying to... Um, Give a speech. Give his great inspirational speech, and the shark jumps out and eats him. That's that's true. That's one of the best moments in film history, I think. Uh, it, it's definitely memorable. When memorable. that I when that happened the first time, nobody saw that coming. Nobody <laughs> saw the sh- <laughs> shark jumped right out of the water and ate him. Well, and, and the special effects are awful, um, but the the. Um, the timing of it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, so the chorus of this mo- of this song is deepest bluest. My hat is like a shark's fin. My hat is like a shark's fin. M- uh huh. Man made terror, hungry jaws of death. Y'all don't cross my depths. I'll pause your breath. <laughs> <laughs> I cause you to sink down forty thousand leagues. Bleeding to death with no arms and short sleeves. (laughs) (laughs) My world's deep blue. Killers gotta eat too. Looking for human flesh to rip my teeth through. Other fish in the sea, but barracudas ain't equal to a half-human predator (laughs) created by a needle. Jet black eyes. Baby, they stare while you sleep. When, when your Titanic sinks, I'm the one you gonna meet. Oh, God. Hearing terrified screams, they surround my team. All you see is trails of blood. Even God won't intervene. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it there. <laughs> oh, man. He probably worked so long on that. <laughs> Oh, definitely, because there's like five times as much still left to go if you were to read all the lyrics. Oh, God. Man, um, I got tears coming out of my eyes. <laughs> so so there's that. Yep, so, <laughs> so, so Deep Blue Sea has funniest moment and best song. Um, but, but uh, you know, Tremors has lots of humor throughout. It's true. Um, it's more consistent, and and the dialogue's actually good. You know, the the, the deeply sea's got a lot of drummed up drama that doesn't need to be there, right? And uh, and um, there's not there's not a lot of wasted uh, 
wasted dialogue in, in Tremors. Like everything that they say is either call like a callback to something or uh um or, or or is important to the plot in some way. There's not a lot of throwaway lines. Yeah, uh, well in 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 terms of like adding unnecessarily unnecessary stuff about characters, the only thing Tremors really has thrown into it is that like Kevin Bacon is interested in women <laughs> and then right. they meet one. Yeah. Otherwise, like Deep Blue Sea's got like, oh yeah, Samuel Jackson's character survived on some sort of ice avalanche thing. Yeah. Um the Thomas Jane's character is uh like he used to be in jail or prison and Saffron Burst's character is her, I don't know, someone in her family had Alzheimer's, so she's breaking the rules and doing all this DNA stuff she's not to be supposed to be doing. Right. And it's just like, look, they're kind of like before, like I was saying about not needing to add stuff. There are a bunch of people who are being eaten by sharks. That's enough. Yeah. And in Tremors, that's all you got. You got people who are being invaded by some sort of monsters, and that's all you need. You know, here's something I just thought of of Tremors is that um, the movie starts out, all the characters are spread out real wide. And as the movie goes on and on, all the characters are brought closer and closer together until at the end, they're all together in the same same thing. Yeah, that's true. That's pretty nice. Yeah. And you got um, Ariana Richards, the little girl from Jurassic Park, uh, is in this movie as uh, a girl on a pogo stick. I was going to say, is that the pogo stick girl? She's Lex from Jurassic Park? Yep. Wow, I didn't know that. Now you do. Uh, well, what do you think? Okay, monsters-wise. I think I think we can easily agree that, the aside from maybe Samuel Jackson, uh, the cast has a lot more charisma and stuff and tremors because um, they're not bogged down with a bunch of stupid stuff. Right. But how about monsters-wise? Monsters-wise, Tremor wins easily because those are practical. Those those, ton- what, I forget what they call them. Graboids. Graboids. The graboids are uh, they're all practical effects. Like those all exist as puppets, and they're disgusting. Whereas the sharks in Deep Blue Sea are all CGI. I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, well, no. They, I know they had like for the scene where they're. Um, where they have the shark kind of pulled out of the water and they're putting a big needle through its skin. Mm-hmm. That that's real, but I think yeah, a lot of it's CGI. And and I agree 100% Tremors the the monsters themselves are more effective. The use of them is more effective cuz first all you see is like the the snake tongue thing that gets ripped off cuz it's stuck to the um the axle of their truck. Right. So again, it's kind of like like I was saying about the, the the monster and the ritual. Where first you kind of see the effects of it. You've got these like bodies and limbs and things. Um, then you see a little bit of the monster. Then you finally see the whole thing. Yeah. You know, oh wow, that's what that so is. the slow reveal is great. Yeah, yeah. So what what else? What else? so we got better monsters, better characters, more consistent humor. Yeah. Better dialogue, not no, no snappy theme. So you know, Deep Blue Sea gets a point for that. <laughs> well, I don't know. Let's let's have our vote. I think that I think that about covers. <laughs> yeah, um, Matt, which movie's better, Tremors or In, Deep Blue Sea? 
In my opinion, obviously, I think at this point, it, it's pretty obvious. It's Tremors. Although I will say, if I was having a party and having people over to make fun of something and just hang out the way we do, uh-huh. I'm, I might go Deep Blue Sea first. I would, but, I would too, because Tremors is something that I want to watch, whereas Deep Blue Sea is something that can just be just be on. Yeah. It, like, gives you and your friends fodder to socialize right. on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Tremors, you, if someone was talking through Tremors, I'd be like, you're missing good stuff. Shut up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Tremors, Tremors is the winner. Deep Blue Sea falls to the wayside. But if but if we wanted to watch something bad, I probably would go with Deep Blue Sea. Because Tremors isn't a bad movie. Tremors is a good movie. Yeah, it's not bad at, at all. All right, Matt. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week. Um, all right. This was this was this week in film. Um so, <laughs> so do you have anything you'd like to plug or, or suggest to the to the listening public? Um, no, I suppose I don't. All right, um, I would say check out our website, but again, I haven't updated it in a while, so hopefully I'll get to do that. But uh, you can check us out at thisweekinfilm.com or find us on the social stuff if you if you have anything you want to say to us. We're we're always listening. Oh, you know what? I want to say one thing. Um. We had one uh, person contact us about a film that he directed called uh, Danger Boys. Um, and we were trying to figure out a way to get him on the show, but I don't know if it's going to work out. But uh, it's a it's a documentary about um, Japanese punk rock bands. Um, it was pretty cool to watch. Um, just a, a quick overview of it. Um, but uh, yeah, if you have something you want us to watch, reach out to us. Um, but uh, Danger Boys was about uh, you know what I'll save this for another I'll save it for another episode but uh, if you want to check out Danger Boys it's it's on Amazon Prime Video if you want to see it what's the easiest way for people to reach out to you uh, Twitter Facebook or or just the website the easiest the easiest is probably Facebook gotcha yeah um, but uh, if that's the end of the reel we'll see you next week in film Bye now.